From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. Join us today for another conversation with farmer Betty Anderson of the Old Smith Place as she shares how she started an income stream for her farm, selling jams and jellies under her state's cottage food law. By creating unique flavor combinations from corn cob jelly to using peppers and marmalade, Betty has established a loyal clientele for her distinct farm-raised products. Betty Anderson and her husband, Dane, are the current stewards at the Old Smith Place outside Broadhead, Wisconsin. Their 40 acres is home to one Jersey house cow, as well as goats, chickens, ducks, guinea fowl, and several fuzzy felines. Betty is a Navy veteran and relatively new to farm life, but has been gardening and putting up her produce since she was a kid. She currently sells her jams and other canned items under Wisconsin's Cottage Food Law. We are at another episode here with Betty Anderson of the Old Smith Place, and today we are talking about adding a value-added product business to your farm mix of canned items. And well, we, 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 we will get into the details here with you, Betty, but I wanted to first set up that what you are doing, which is a really easy on-ramp for women farmers anywhere now, is utilizing, in this case, Wisconsin's cottage food law for using your home kitchen to create high-acid canned items, basically the safer canned items, and sell them at the farmer's market. And These cottage food businesses are really fairly new in the sense of most of these state cottage food regulations started in 2008. And as folks might recall, that was back when the Great Recession hit, right? Mm -hmm. So forward-thinking states started asking themselves, what can we do to help support small-scale entrepreneurs and help people be self-employed and independent? So it's interesting. I always still chuckle when I think about cottage food because it's the newest, oldest thing, right? Making <laughs> something, jam, a loaf of bread in your home kitchen and selling it to your neighbor is about as old as commerce. But sure. granted, given our, at times, overregulated world, we, mm-hmm. we lost some of these things in the process. So it's great mm-hmm. to see this revival coming back. And it's a super easy on-ramp, too, for farmers like yourself to use what you already have and mm-hmm. do true value added. The peppers you used in one of your jam will sell at a lot higher price than if you just sold the raw peppers. So having that mix there. But you you said, you mentioned that you started canning when you were a young girl and then got back to it as an adult, or where did your roots come? Because you truly love it. <laughs> yeah, I really do love it. And I did. I started as a little girl. Um, you know, we didn't have a ton when we were coming up, and my mom was very thrifty. She came from a, a much poorer family than, than you know, she made together with my dad. 
And so she put up everything that we grew. We always had a garden, and and we might go out to what we called the farm, which was a, a friend of hers, grandfather's place, where he let us grow some corn and and have a little uh, corn stand on the side of the road. And so we did those things as we were little. And my mom, she she put up the basics, you know, the corn and the and the beans and the tomatoes and the things that went into our everyday meals. Um, she did that and taught me how to do it. And that was a great life skill. But my dad, you know, he did the fun stuff. And um, that was always a little friction in our family. You know, my <laughs> mom did all the hard work and my dad did the fun stuff, you know. But he, he was the jelly maker and the wine maker. And um, uh, so I think that's where I got my love of making jams and jellies was from my dad. And so when you moved to the farm with Dane and started the Old Smith Place, you saw it as a time then to really get into it from a business side and as part of the um, farm or what you know, inspired that? I didn't that? even really think of it like that because I had never heard the term cottage food or, you know, I didn't even really know if you could do that. So I, in fact, before I met Dane, one of the first things I did is... Um, he um, he hooked me in with his uh, coffee roasting, and so I wanted to return the favor, and I I made him some marmalade and some salsa and stuff, and I left it at his workplace. And you oh, know, back when you were dating, back back before we were oh, dating. Oh, oh, yeah. cute. It's, yeah, we weren't even approaching that. I, I can that. see how this all fit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so I had a little garden in town, and and uh, did a lot of that. But when I got out there. We made a kitchen garden before we even started, you know, I mean, we, we gutted the kitchen and made a kitchen garden at the same time, which is kind of <laughs> diametrically opposed to each other. But my first canning, I didn't even have a kitchen that I did out there on the oh, farm. Geez. So <laughs> that was that was fun. And um, actually, until I met you, I didn't think that this could be an income stream. It was just a love and a passion. But you had the skill set. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. you started taking it to market. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, for me, it is a passion. I mean, I when I when it's it's almost like church. I I remember setting up at Farmer's Market in Blanchardville by Chris. And the, by the time we got set up, the sun would be coming over the top of the building and start to shine down behind my jars. And I would just look at them. They look like jewels, oh, and it would give me goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and wow. so it was. You know, it provided me that quiet time, uh, that creativity, and that that's needed for mental health. And and then bonus, I could I could make an income, and so, um, so then I started to kind of look at packaging and how to market my my beautiful already beautiful jars and make them more beautiful and and really you had a big part of that too cuz you were doing similar work and I, I think you had a big part also in making it possible for us in Wisconsin to even earn some money doing oh, this oh it's a it, these are true state constituent initiatives you know <laughs> we had we still have to fight for these laws and for folks yes. interested you should be able to fairly easily find your state's law. Mm -hmm. Some states have more uh, progressively embraced their law and extension has training. There's some good mm -hmm. resources and others not as much. But the point is it's a legal path to, again, doing those yes. value added. Um, but you've always done really, I just think, such creative and funky <laughs> flavors. And just sh share some of your 
your <laughs> most creative ones to give folks context of what I'm talking about. Um, so well, I, I must just comment. You just gave me some corn on the cob jelly or corn off the cob. <laughs> corn cob you, jelly. Corn <laughs> cob jelly. Like literally the corn cob. I know. that It is really funny. Um, it's so, beautiful color. So part of that comes from... Uh, not wanting to waste any part of anything. Ah, sure. So I was making some corn salsa or some relish or something. And then I, I probably shouldn't mention this, but I'm a part of a canning group that, uh, you know, is, uh, what the heck is the name of it? Oh, it's Pretty Renegade. Yeah, Pretty Renegade Canning Group. And so I, I don't like advise it to people who are learning to can, <laughs> but... Because um, you still keep everything safe and up to <laughs> yes, snuff. We're not, yes. yeah, yeah, but... So I have enough uh, education to to weed out what's what's not safe. But anyway, so I also love peppers. I'm a spicy girl. I love peppers. And so um, one of my funky flavors is an orange habanero um, jelly. And I don't like to make any kind of jam or jelly or, or product that doesn't have something from my farm. Obviously, I can't grow oranges, but I do love marmalades. And so I add... Uh, peppers and really <laughs> spice unique. it up. Yeah. 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 And um, so uh, there are as many flavors of peppers as, as there are colors in the rainbow and um, they all bring something different to the party. So are your canned items inspired then by what you have, both what you have a lot of and what you don't want to waste? Sounds like. Yes. What I don't want to waste, what I have a lot of. And then um, because I love marmalade so much, I try to find something that I'm growing that I can incorporate with them mm-hmm. in order to um, still be true to my um, being a farm farmer's market should be something that the farmer grew, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. So, yes, it's, it's yeah. a really dumb question, but marmalade is what? I mean, as opposed to jelly or jam? Yeah, so marmalade usually has a rind of it's some what kind of citrus. Eats, right? That's all. <laughs> Just padding and it's always eat yummy. Marmalade. Yeah, yeah, marmalade. Yeah. So I always thought marmalade was a weird thing uh, growing up. I, it was like we didn't have like fancy stuff. We had grape and strawberry and stuff. And so I'm not sure where I first ran across it, but it's more British, or maybe I'm off. Yeah, maybe. I I really don't know. But once I did, I thought this is just fabulous. It adds that little bitter note. Do you use the whole rind? Use the whole rind. Okay, so it is a use it up kind of Yeah, it's a kind of use it up thing. And it's... uh... (laughs) That's awesome. What? So when you take these to market, obviously, they give you a unique niche right away, right? Yeah, they do. And how... Do you find it challenging to educate your customers or how do you communicate this isn't, you know, grandma's strawberry jam? <laughs> so, yeah, interesting at um, at the VA market, we have a wide mix of people. We have uh, the uh, crusty old vets and we have the um, nursing and hospital staff. And so, uh, you know, there's kind of an eclectic group of people that pass by there, a lot of foot traffic. And, but, um, so for me, I'm pretty much a quiet person and I do a quiet job during the day and I do quiet work at home on the farm. And so farmer's market is like my social life. (laughs) So, and I don't need a lot of socialization because I am sort of an introverted person, but, um, so it's a chance to just talk. And um, I always bring food that people can taste. And that's really been a great marketing strategy. Samples. I give I give samples and people taste it and they go, wow, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> 
And so, yeah, and then I get to talk about how important it is and how much time it takes to do this kind of work and how important it is to have a relationship with your farmer and not just me, but all the vendors that we have at our markets. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) And do you give your customers two ideas on how to use your jams and jellies? Because I think perhaps like myself, I get stuck in just putting this on toast rut, but your stuff Mm -hmm. can be used Mm -hmm. as glazes and other things, I would think. Yeah, totally. And and sometimes a, a failed jelly is a glaze, and, and it's uh, <laughs> and it's not a failure anymore. But I I do know it's a it's a great marketing um, technique is to bring something you made with your product and have a recipe on the table. And if I ever do that, I always sell out of whatever it is. Mm. But it takes time and energy as well. So yeah, what are some yeah. of the recipes you've used? Or uh, cowboy candy is one. Cowboy, uh, candy. cowboy candy is basically candied hot peppers. Oh. And um, they're delicious, but they are hot. But I found if you mix them with cream cheese, it's like an instant potluck dish. And uh, <laughs> and so I, I'll i put that out on my table and have a little recipe card and I'll sell every single jar every time. And, um, and it's that unique gift for that uncle that has everything and you don't know what the heck to get him. And yeah. yeah. Do you think a lot of <laughs> your canned items are used as gifts? Mm-hmm. Sure. That makes sense. The prettier they are. the Yeah. And you do a lot of little, little the, what are those, jars. the quarter pints? Yeah, or yeah half, little four-ounce jars. Four-ounce jars. Um, I thought, oh, that's just a silly thing at first. But um, if, you know, when you're making something that's a little bit fancy and a little bit gourmet, the, the price, is, it costs more. And so I find if I put them in a little tiny jar, most people can afford five bucks. And it seems to be something. And it's... And for a gift, you uh-huh. know, for grandma or for mom or... Finding that sweet spot of yeah. size and it's price. another difficult thing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so do you, you... You pretty much sell year-round, right? So you're producing in the summer and yeah. then stockpile little inventory. Is that the goal uh, sometimes? Sure. I think the goal is to be done by the end of the year. So there's a few holiday markets that lead up to Christmas time, Thanksgiving and... And in that, and then I try to be done by the time uh, the holidays are over. Although, you know, there are people in my neighborhood and in my sisterhood that, you know, are are still looking for things. But it's good to have a downtime. And so, and also, you know, technically you're supposed to do inventory and and it it gets weird if your inventory goes into a new year. Oh. (laughs) So... Um, <laughs> use it up. So yeah, use it up, and then what's left over is our gifts for for the holidays, and I try to use up my inventory that way. Excellent. What was yeah. what's been the one of the craziest things you've made? Well, the pickled garlic is is pretty. Um, That's unique. Pretty fun and pretty unique and delicious. Huh. I don't know. Crazy. Or was there anything you've tried that really? No, we're not doing this again. Oh well. <sighs> I haven't had that experience yet, although pickles can be tricky. For... You are really good with pickles. Um, uh, no, pickles, I, pickles I don't are know. tricky. They're to tricky. Keep them crispy. Um, Dill pickles, I find challenging. But what was the thing that I was just <laughs> thinking about? Well, the flavors when... and combos. You, you probably you can't go wrong, right? I mean, worst case is a jelly doesn't set right, and like right. you were saying, and it's a it sauce or a glaze or a syrup or yep. a, yeah, and all of them are good on ice cream. 
<laughs> well, there you go. That sums it up. When in doubt, yeah. just put, put it, it on ice, ice cream. cream. Even the hot ones. I, I would have never ones. thought about that, but yeah. that probably is good. You are opening up our culinary <laughs> palate. Thank you very much, Betty. Awesome. <laughs> you are welcome. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, MOSES. The mission of MOSES is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on MOSES, in her boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.